Hey, what up fam? It's your boy Norm, and I would like to welcome you to episode 85 of the Evangelical Norm. Um, so we're finishing out Sanctity of Human Life week. Yesterday we had our Utah March for Life, and it had a pretty good turnout. It was, um, you know, some good speakers. The last speaker was really good. Um, if I can remember the quote, I'll share it here in a little bit, But and I can't remember her name, so I probably should have looked that up too, but we didn't bring home the program. Um, so, but we're wrapping up Sanctity of Human Life Week. Uh, this is a really it, just providential that it happened and it turned out the way it turned out. And I want to talk about, again, we're going to talk about abortion, and we're going to talk about how we've gotten to the place where we have gotten to how we've gotten to a place where <clears throat> New York can essentially pass a law and Cuomo signs into law a, a bill that essentially allows abortion up to the day of birth up to 40 weeks for really any reason the way that this law is worded and I've read it and it is really worded that for any reason deemed as the health of the mother um, that can be psychological that can be emotional that can be all kinds of things can wrap into it ultimately a doctor and a woman can come to, to an agreement and even on the day before that child is due she can have an abortion we're talking fully developed, viable human being can just be simply killed. Um, Dean Kane was on Fox and Friends the other day. He was in the Gosnell movie, and he based he said that that with this law that was passed in New York, all of the crimes that Gosnell was committed of would have been legal. And that's horrifying. But how did we get here? How do we get to this place? Um, <clears throat> it. <clears throat> excuse me. I mean, there, there are some things that I believe. I mean, first I want I want to look at some tweets that went out a week and a half ago. Um, I held on to them. I was going to talk about them last week, but last week I wanted to deal with that lady's video, and this week I wanted to deal with these tweets, but this is the attitude of parents. Parents with, with children that have already been born. And this blew me away. This broke my heart. And as I was looking at these tweets, and I blocked out the names... I'm not putting anybody on blast. I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna do that. So I blocked out the names. Um, these a couple of these people are verified, and some of them you will know, and that's why I blocked them out. I don't know. I'm really hoping this dude went back and deleted his tweets. Thought about it, deleted it, because his kids have to will read these potentially someday. 
I'm hoping we went back and deleted them. If he didn't, I still don't want to put this dude on blast. I'm not putting him out there. But this is the attitude that has caused us to be able to let laws like this pass. And then we'll talk about what brought us to this place where there are literally parents that have these attitudes. So this first tweet, and then we're going to look at some responses to it that are equally as, you know, which encourage this rather than seeing, and I did, I mean, there were some Christians that, that came in and, and begged with this guy to, to reconsider his attitude or let them adopt his children. <clears throat> Excuse me. But so many of the responses were encouraging of this attitude. So, again, I mean, for those of you who are, are listening on the audio, I'm going to read these tweets. And then, if you're watching, obviously, they're on the screen. So, this guy tweets out, I have two kids, two and a half years and nine months old, respectively. I'll tell you something I never see anyone admit. They are exhausting, frustrating, and life-destabilizing. They are rarely fun. Sure, smiles are great, hugs are lovely, but it's hard and not obviously a good choice in life. And then the same dude responded to his own, continued on the thread. This is where people feel compelled to say, I wouldn't change it for the world, but you know, of course I'd reconsider. It's exhausting. It's banal. It's like looking after a dog you can't house train. What it is, is that it is, and they are mine. Hopefully they turn out okay. This is a dad. This is a dad. And this is his attitude about his kids. Now I'll admit, my daughter is frustrating sometimes. She is, dealing with her sometimes can be exhausting. But life destabilizing rarely fun you did you have kids just to, so they would be fun just for the fun and and I'll tell you what my daughter is far more fun than she is frustrating and exhausting and I would never consider her life destabilizing and to compare them to a dog you can't house train they are mine, and hopefully they turn out okay. This is heartbreaking. This, this is the attitude of the man that is supposed to be raising these children up. As Proverbs would tell us, to raise them up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. This, what kind of, I mean, this is, this is a, a childish attitude. This is... This is an I worship myself and my own comfort and convenience and my children are not <laughs> helping that. This is heartbreaking, but this is the attitude of parents. And I was so hoping that I'd find more than I did of a, a Christian response. But these are the responses that this guy got. And one of these is a very famous person, news media 
person that you would recognize if I did not blur out this person's name. And that person is actually on the next uh, slide. But here, you're in the war zone now, champ. Personalities and board games will follow. But the appeal of babies, in particular, is massively overstated. And Jesus, the relentlessness of it. Good luck. Apologize for the blaspheme there. Just reading it in context. Looking back, I could have blurred that out along with the foul language below. Then someone else comes in and says, I second that as well. Once you've jammed your fingers folding a pram... That's British for uh, stroller. Whilst holding a baby who is trying to throw herself on the road and become aware that your nipples are bleeding again and you've managed to drop her feeding bottle in a puddle, you'll you never have another baby. I'll share something with you here in a, in a minute. Um, I keep reading these. People tell you it gets better as they ignore your pleas for help can F off as well. And then this one. My boys are now 15 and 13, same age apart as yours. That infant-toddler year was the effing worst. This is the attitudes of parents. And the, the second tweet here, you never have another baby. They're the guy who actually helped me come out of Islam after I had led Mormonism, a nurse I worked with in Washington, Dan Munoz, shared a, a, a thing he with me which he called, what did he... Um, oh, it was, it, he was, it was talking about managers, but it was using childbirth as a, uh, as a analogy to, um, managerial and management and talked about, you know, when you're, um, you're in the trenches as a worker, you, um, you know, you understand what's going on. And then as managers move into management, they kind of forget what it was like to be, down there working and so some sometimes the decisions they make are, are odd and off and he he compared that to a mother who through all the pain and toil of childbirth you know and which would generally we would cause somebody to not want to have another baby i mean i can't comprehend what it, the pain it feels to go through childbirth my wife had a c-section with our daughter so she was you know there was none of that but even i've passed kidney stones and i'll tell you what i mean they're they're painful and so on i'm pretty confident it doesn't come anywhere close to what childbirth feels like so all you guys who are going well yeah i've passed kidney stones i know what it no just let's know let's just not even bother trying to even pretend we comprehend the pain of childbirth but then, as that pain subsides and mom holds that baby and sees how beautiful the baby is, the, the memories of the pain of the childbirth tend to go away. And if it didn't, and God does that <clears throat> intentionally, because if it didn't, we'd all be only children. But yet now we see stuff like this, these attitudes that apparently maybe the the something is seared or something is wrong in the human mind that that joy in childbirth and parenting and so on is not coming around the way that it did and 
and I'm again, I'm going to get to my theories on this and what I'm pretty confident is leading to this, but I want to look at the one more and now this one more thread that we uh, end of the 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 thread end of these tweets responses this was the one this first one comes from a, a pretty famous news person luckily I blurred the name out and not gonna put them on blast again but here we go you're in the tough exhausting miserable stage my twin boys never slept as babies I was a morning show anchor and always tired now they're 14 and sleep 11 hours and I tell them I want them to wake up at night just to show them how it feels they just laugh and eat all the food mind-boggling the the attitude that people have about their kids Here's the next one. I can attest to the accuracy of this description of young kids versus older kids. I have an 18-year-old son, daughters age 16 and 11, and three stepsons age 20, 18, and 16. I didn't get a full night's sleep for near a decade. Now they just sleep, eat, create trash, and throw attitude. Someone else. We've had them compared to dogs that you can't house trade. Now this one, like raccoons. Um, and then someone responded to that, encouraging that attitude, very much like raccoons, except that I'm required to house, feed, clothe, and educate them. Again, this is all attitudes coming from, I have put myself on a, on a pedestal, I am worshipping myself, and everything else, and all these children are just an inconvenience to me. This is a... Sorry. When you present this to, to people like my wife and I, who fought and toiled and tried and paid for years trying to have children because we love children, we love our daughter, we wanted to have kids, we want to have a full quiver. But it wasn't in the, the cards for us to have our own. And we tried. But to present this, sit down with somebody who's lost a child. And, and compare them to raccoons. <clears throat> this attitude that people have towards their children is... Again, I, 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 the only word that comes to mind is mind-boggling. That people can have this attitude toward their kids. I mean, it's as if their kids were just something they had in order to, to work the way. And I used to make this joke. I did. Until I had a daughter. Until I had a child. I used to make a joke that I only wanted to have kids so that, that once they hit the the older years I didn't have to mow the lawn and take out the trash anymore that's not my attitude anymore but so how do we get here how do we get to this place 
how do we get to the, the, the attitude that we have like this about children? That parents have this attitude that women are willing to go to the, to the ninth month of pregnancy and then decide to, to kill that child? Again, it is a very small percentage of abortions that are done because of the health of the mother. And here's what we say as pro-life people. If the mother's health is in danger, we do everything we can to save mom and the baby. And if we lose the baby in the process, then we mourn. But we do not go in and kill that baby. I mean, there is one one situation, ectopic pregnancy, that is happens very early, detected usually very early because of the pain and so on, where absolutely abortion is required to save the life of the mother. Once that baby has moved into the womb and implanted in the uterus, it is very, very rare that something comes up that mom's life is absolutely in danger. And in those cases, we do what we can to save mom, and hopefully we can save baby at the same time. And if we lose baby in in the process, then we mourn. But to intentionally go in, I mean, what what about if a, you know, a child is, I don't know, I mean, we can come up with, with toddler examples of a toddler has, has uh, you know, gets a, a disease that mom could, could kill mom. Mom has a, a, a um, diminished immune system. Let's just say this, that some autoimmune deficiency has happened in mom at some point in time, and then kid gets a horrible, horrible flu that if kid passed that on to mom, could kill mom with her immune system in that state. Do we now kill the toddler? No. And again, as Scott, as Scott Klusendorf would tell us, if, if you can't make the argument logical for a toddler, it's not logical for a, a baby in the womb. Because again, the only differences are size, level of development, environment, and degree of dependency. Or somehow one of those things. I forget the exact acronym SLED, but those are the four things. If you can't make the argument work for a two-year-old, then you can't make the argument work for a baby in the womb. Because there's very little difference between the two. And the, the birth canal does not magically confer personhood onto a child. My daughter was as much a child in the womb as she is outside of the womb. But so, again, we got to come to a, 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 we have to figure out, how is it that we got here? And I'm confident that the way that we got here, the way that we got to the fact that people now have this attitude is... The teaching of evolution, which is an outright lie, it is absolute science fiction, 
There's no proof for evolution. There's no proof that we are nothing more than a highly evolved animal. But that's what happens when you start pe teaching people and convincing people that we are nothing but an evolved animal. That's how we start to act. How can you not expect people to act like animals? I mean, I can, I will, with my dying breath, I will continue to proclaim the fact that the theory, the false theory of evolution is the cause for school shootings, is the cause for racism, is the cause for every violent action we deal with. Because people no longer look at each other as those who are created in the image of God and were nothing more than highly evolved animals. It's the reason why teenagers are so sexually active as they are, because it's instinct. It's just about being animals. Teenagers and young men and, and people are violent the way they are because it's just instinct. It's survival of the fittest. We're nothing more than highly evolved animals. We have, we have lost the idea that we are image bearers of God. What has, Dar what has Darwin wrought? What hath Margaret Sanger wrought? What hath Planned Parenthood wrought? Ultimately, it all goes back to what has the the false theory of evolution wrought in our world and these are the attitudes and the things and the reasons why the results the logical carrying out of the theory of evolution is stuff like this people don't care about their kids anymore they're nothing more than an inconvenience if I could I'd go back and I'd change my mind and I'd kill them this is horrifying. One of these people you watch on the news, maybe. Probably for the people who are watching this podcast, that person is on a channel that you really don't watch. But I guarantee you've heard the name. And this is the attitude that this person has about their kids. They just laugh and eat all the food. mind-boggling this is why I was willing way back when in 1992 I was willing to write out a check and mail it off to the girl that I had been sexually active with and I had gotten pregnant and I sent her a check so that she could pay a doctor to murder our child and because of the, the teachings about evolution and things I believed the lie that my child was nothing more than, than a, a ball of tissue or a clump of cells. It wasn't until years later when I was trying to, to counsel and comfort a young girl who had, who had gone through and, and had an abortion herself that the guilt and the shame, and I was saved, but the guilt and the shame of my own contribution to the murder of my child hit me. years later almost 20 years later 
or 10 years later. Did I ever feel remorse for killing my own child? And it was because I believed the lie. And now, and this is, this is how I want, I want to share, I want to finish this on a positive attitude. I want to finish this on a positive note. We've wrapped up work. We've talked about the sanctity of human life. And so I want to, I want to share this picture. My wife not be, may not be too happy, but no, those are great pictures of my wife. Today, January 27th, as I'm videotaping this, this thing, I mean, it'll come out on the 28th, but um, recording this on the 27th. This is the day, three years ago, that my daughter was transferred from a Petri dish and this little picture, as you look at this, this little thing of her and her sibling who did not survive, we don't know which one is which. I, 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 I have my imagination, but she was as human in this first picture in 2016 on January 27th when she was coming from, from a Petri dish to be put in a syringe to be pushed into my wife's uterus into what would become her home for the next nine and some odd months eight and some odd months she was just as human in that picture as she is in the 2017 or the 2018 or the 2019 nothing is different in any of these except for the size the level of development the environment and the degree of dependency Nothing is different. Opal was just as beautiful and somebody somebody posted as I posted this picture or one of these pictures earlier today. Someone commented she was just as beautiful as a zygote. Yes, she was. And she was just as human. In that first picture as she is in all those others. Because in every single one of these, she is an image bearer of God. And I'll tell you what, no matter how many nights I sit up with her when she's crying, no matter how many hours I sit kneeling next to her crib, singing to her to put her to sleep, no matter how many tantrums she throws, no matter how many times she can be mean and selfish and what children do, would I ever go back and reconsider would I ever look at this beautiful little face and consider going back and killing her? And I can't comprehend how any parent could ever do that. So if you've ever had those thoughts, one, please repent. Please repent come to a place and again I, I want to end this positively so I want to end this with the fact that if you've if you've had an abortion if you've killed your child if you've considered it if you've had these these horrible attitudes of my child is an inconvenience to me and is somehow supplanting me from my own throne of self-worship and requiring me to sacrifice my time and my comfort for their needs Please repent and know that Jesus paid for those sins. Jesus Christ, God incarnate, 
came down and went to the cross, lived a perfect life, went to the cross and died the death that we deserve for having thoughts like this about our children or actually killing our children or theft or lying or whatever sins we've committed. Jesus paid the penalty for those. And so if you will repent, acknowledge the fact that you have a, you are a sinner in need of a savior, turn from those sins and embrace Christ and the work that he did on your behalf on the cross. Trust and place your faith in him and his work and his work alone. Then know that you will be saved. For any one of you who have, who have gone through abortion, know that if you will come and you will repent and you will put your trust in Christ, that you will be reunited with your child in heaven one day. You will see that child in heaven one day. And I'm 100% confident that that child will forgive you as well if Christ has forgiven you. And to understand the magnitude of what we've done, of what I did, it brings a, a, a grand new meaning to the scripture that says, he who has been given much loves much, forgiven much loves much. I can't, I can't think of many more horrible things that I could ever have done than what I did to my own child. And it makes me far more willing to forgive those around me because I've been forgiven much. And because I have been forgiven much, I want to love much. It's not that I do any of these things because I think I can gain some kind of favor with God, that I can somehow do these things and, and get a better seat in heaven. My eternity has been purchased by Christ and Christ alone. And anything that I do is done out of the is is worked out in me through the salvation that Christ has given me, and that's the good news. That's the amazing thing. Is that when we have these attitudes and we see these things and we we see sixty one million children killed in this country since the passing of uh, the the decision which is Roe v Wade that God still is willing to forgive those who repent and put their trust in him so please do that today come to him repent trust and if you're there and you've done that then remember always preach the gospel use words they are necessary and until next week soli deo gloria